0: Tony is very lucky that his father is a better person than Ollie. And I think you you, you, you are an ostrich.
1: Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day is the biggest fool in Manchester, and that is you, David Myers.
0: Football heritage. <laughs> no one wants to be a fullback as a kid, no one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville.
2: But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply.
1: Hello, everybody. It's the Baller Boys. I'm your host, Vis, and I have my two usual co-hosts, Rahul. Hello. And Kaiser, Hello. I know it's been a while since the last episode. That's because we decided to take a break uh, during the international break. And I have to say, guys, I think for the first time, I actually enjoyed this international break. La. The Why? Like Please tell it? me. Uh, Because I don't have to go through the tragedy of uh, United uh, (laughs) (laughs) every every weekend. But now we're back and uh, football is coming up this weekend. And at the time of recording, it's Wednesday. And yeah, so uh, today we'll be covering a lot of things. Actually, we have so much to cover. So first part of the pod, we're going to talk about some of the managers that have come in this season. And um, yeah, so we'll usual our review and then we'll do our preview of some (laughs) games.
0: Yes. What's so funny? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, guys. Huh? You're just, okay. just <laughs> laughing at what, the torture wow. of tor- 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 coming back <laughs> after the international thing.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, guys, let's just get straight into it. Uh, your l- lifelong uh, childhood hero, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Gerard Steve Gerard, Gerard. Gerard. <laughs> he is back, guys. He's back and he has been appointed as the new villa manager. And uh, yeah, Dean Smith has been sacked. Poor guy. Yep.
0: Uh, after everything he's done for Villa. I mean, <laughs> and worse yeah, than just... that, he has to manage Norwich. Like, you know, not, yeah, not bad, yeah. bad <laughs> enough. He's been <laughs> sacked. LNR has to manage
2: Norwich. <laughs> well, yeah. basically relegated. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> so yeah, let's talk
1: about Gerard, guys. So um, to be fair, prior to the pod, I I, I, I I had an understanding of what Gerard did over at Rangers. But then only when doing research, I realized how much of an impact he had uh, with Rangers. And. Yeah, just to summarise, he had superb uh, three and a half seasons with Rangers. And uh, the season that he won, they finished with 102 points, keeping 26 clean sheets. And the best part was they were unbeaten, you know, throughout the season, invincible. And it was like
2: their first first title in 10 years, right? Yeah, Celtic. first title in... in and Celtic won all, all 10, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think yeah. that's,
0: why, that's why Rangers, obviously you're happy you won the league title. But more than that, it stopped Celtic from doing 10 in a row. Yes, right? And that, I think, was Mm, like a huge deal.
2: And they can release all sorts of DVDs on that and stuff.
0: (laughs) That's meant. That's
2: really
1: meant. So, I mean, yeah, he's no doubt a very good manager. I mean, um, it's a huge upgrade from um, managing Rangers to now managing Villa and a Premier League team. But I think the bigger question is uh, the huge upgrade between the Scottish League and the Premier League. I don't think Gerrard can go uh, unbeaten with Villa. I mean... <clears throat> let's be real the standards in both the leagues are completely different so i just want to ask y'all um as liverpool fans i'm sure you've followed him you know throughout his managerial career as well and i just want to ask y'all you know what what do you, what are you expecting
0: from him i i think you're right so there are a few things the first thing which came to mind i mean let's take away even him being you know let's forget his playing career If someone told you manager of Rangers is coming to manage Villa, I don't think there'd be as much fanfare as there there has been, right? And obviously that comes with the territory of him being, you know, one of the more famous footballers over the last couple of decades. The second thing is you want to look at parallels, right? You want to always try and see, have there been successful managers coming from the Scottish Premier League, coming to the Premier League? Can you emulate that? And I think recently, I think, there haven't been Brandon too Rogers, many.
2: Brendan Rodgers, yeah. <laughs> well, well, so nice. Brendan Rodgers was, Celtic. Yeah. yeah, but he
0: came, but he was in Swansea first, right? He was in Swansea yeah, 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 and yeah. then went to Celtic. So he wasn't someone who different
2: path, like, okay, He's a different path. So
0: okay. we're talking about managers who have only cut their cloth in Scotland and then come to the Premier League. The ones I can think of back my mind, obviously, say Alex Ferguson. We talk about Kenny Dalglish. I think David Moyes as well started off in Scotland. But the big thing to take away from that is there's nothing, no one recent, you know, no one recent. I think it's fair to say that the gap in quality between the Scottish League when Ferguson, Kenny Daiglish were coming up in the 80s compared to now is even wider. Yeah, um, much wider. So I think you, you we can't take too much from his performance in the Scottish League. What we can take from, which would be slightly more relevant maybe, is how they've done in the Europa League, how they've done in Europe, Yeah. Uh, you know, So far, I think they've managed to have some pretty good results against what you'd say more prominent opposition, but not really making a mark on the competition in that sense. And again, the caveat is that Rangers squad, the Scottish League, you can only do so much with the kind of players there. Um, But I think it's it's difficult. I think it it will be a very difficult job for him. And that's not only taking the added sort of media pressure and everything that's going to come to him Mm. being Steven Gerrard. Do you yeah. know what i mean so i i the way i looked at it as a from a liverpool point of view the first thing i thought was like, oh this is rubbish like I, i'd rather not this because the, the media spotlight for english managers one thing for pl- former players is another thing it, it's very difficult on top of a job which is super difficult villa have spent a lot of money they've got a good squad the expectation is pretty high high what what would be a successful season for him top 10 i think He's not, right? It would be okay. Yeah. I think you'd probably keep him in the job. But you're looking at things like top six, top eight. That's not Whoa,
1: easy. that's crazy. Yeah, that's not easy at all. Considering that's the type of yeah. teams you have in the league, it's so, so competitive. I'm,
2: I'm oh. worried how much closer he is getting to Liverpool. I'm always afraid of him losing his legend status if he comes to managers uh, eventually. So I hope he takes his time. But he's jumped to the Premier League yeah. already. Um So yeah, I wonder if there's enough Grealish money left
1: yeah, <laughs> but for all you know, he might do really, really well. You never know, you never know. No, yeah, you never really know, but all see you see can that. go on yeah. is past
0: performance and all he's done is he's managed Rangers, that's all. Obviously, he's got a league title yeah. in Scotland, but if yeah. it was, okay, let's ignore his name, Steven Gerrard. If he was just Rangers manager who had you know very good three seasons, won yeah. the Scottish Premier League, would, what would the expectation be? Probably not, not that high. You yeah. wouldn't be expecting him to be the next Liverpool manager. True.
1: But then, let's talk about another manager who, I mean, just touches everything, turns into gold, uh, I would say. Amazing CV. Uh, Let's talk about Antonio Conte to Spurs. So I just want to talk about his CV first. He's won three Serie A titles with Juventus. And then uh, um, he also won a Premier League title with Chelsea. So just to give you a a brief background, Juve Juve were quite crap Um, initially when he took over. uh, They finished seventh back-to-back and he came in and he revamped everything and he won the first uh, Serie A for Juve. In a long time. <coughs> I mean, time his like, first Serie a, yeah, yeah. yeah, in a long time. And unbeaten, they won it, you know, unbeaten, Invincibles as well. And he won his first season um, as Chelsea manager. He won the Premier League there. And uh, he went back to Serie A and he won it again with Inter. So this guy, everywhere he goes, you know, turns to gold. His, his touch turns to gold. And I'm really quite uh, upset that we, we didn't move in on him fast. As a United <laughs> fan, I'm just saying, but... But yeah, Conte. I think he's uh, a very, very good manager. Uh, he's a demanding manager. You know his players. He just wants. He works them like a horse. You know, it's it's all about work rate. And uh, yeah, one of the major changes there have been already. You know, we we've seen what two three games, and we've seen that you know typical back five. We see them grinding out results. And yeah, it'll take yeah, he's time, gone to the back time. five
2: already. Yeah, yeah it'll take yeah, time. I think he started first
0: game right. First game he already started with the back three against back, uh, yeah. Vitesse. Yeah.
2: I just remember Mm. how he made uh, Victor Moses into one of the best wing backs in England.
1: Yeah, those were... Yeah, these are the type of managers who develop players, I would say, and really make them better, essentially, you know. And, I mean, there's always uh, pros and cons to it. One thing about Conte is he doesn't last long and his relationships always turn sour. It's been the same case with Juve, with Chelsea, with Inter. So, I don't know how Daniel Levy is going to handle it here at Spurs. But uh, very, very nice to see him in the Premier League. Another world-class manager, you know, added to the likes of Tuchel, Klopp,
0: and Pep. I think one of the one of the sorry, just to build on the point Viz, you made. So obviously about the you know him being a difficult character and stuff. Just listening as Spurs fan of Spurs fans, obviously they're trying to be positive about appointment, which they should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, one of the positive points they made is that Daniel Levy and Antonio Conte have someone in between them, and that's Paratici, right? Yep. So in the sense that even mm-hmm. though both of them are quite difficult sort of opinionated characters, they've got someone who's in the middle who's a mediator, and they're hoping that might act as a a buffer, you know, between two of them. had
2: worked with Conte in the past, right?
0: Yeah, he was he was the sporting director at Inter or Juve. I can't remember now, but one of the one of the Italian clubs yeah. where he was at. The other thing being, they were saying, I mean, this was uh, I think he was either Gabriel Makotti or. Um, I can't remember the other Italian journalist or the person who covers Syria for the Athletic, he was saying that it's not the relationships normally that he ruins. It's the fact that he demands so much from the players constantly that after a while, they just can't do it. You know, what's required of them is just not possible anymore. So it's not that he, you know, per se, falls okay. out with them. But they just, they're like, you know, we've done this for three years, two years, whatever. We can't do this shit yeah. anymore. you know. Yeah, so. I imagine
1: not eating ketchup, mayo, butter, oil for like three, four years. Man. Kane <laughs> is <Yeah>. crying. <laughs> like. that's, that's
0: why he went on international <laughs> duty. He's got like two hat tricks. Right? He's like, fuck, I'm going to get all of this shit in while I can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, guys. So the another one, uh, another new manager who's come in and taken over. I think this is the hottest topic right now. I would say, oh, maybe was for the past one month, uh, Newcastle. So, you know, they've got Mm -hmm. new owners, for those of you listening who don't know. Yeah, and Eddie Howe is in with all the money in the world. And, uh, yeah, Eddie Howe has taken over Newcastle. So, just a brief on Eddie Howe. He oversaw Bournemouth uh, for a majority of his career. And he had a short stint in Burnley. And then, uh, again, he took over Bournemouth. But, um, you know, they got relegated. He, he got them relegated. So that's why, you know, he was a type of manager that was under the radar because nobody wants a relegated manager at the end of the day. But the style of football that he plays, very interesting, very nice, uh, attractive, possession-based type of football. He's also very, very good at developing players. And uh, my major question is, I mean, yeah, I know, I'm not saying that he's a bad manager or anything. If you're Newcastle, you've got all the money in the world, why go for Eddie Howe?
2: Yeah, it does feel kind of like a temporary appointment and I feel like everyone sort of, Thinks that even probably Eddie Howe himself. Uh, I think just, I don't know, maybe to steady the ship. I don't know if the money has even come in. I think there's a lot of uh, still question marks around that, right? Yeah. The sponsorship yeah, deals yeah. and stuff for Newcastle and all. So I think maybe it was more just getting out the current manager and getting someone new, a fresh start. I think I think it is a definitely a temporary appointment. I don't see temporary him staying, like a clean staying long. Slate if, Newca- there, right? if Newcastle is really going to get that money and be able to... to what
1: spend. do you think the expectations would be? For
0: Eddie Howe. Not be relegated. I mean, that'll be the first. That's it? Up. That's, that's what for now for Yeah, for for this season, for sure. Just for
2: this season,
1: yeah. Just for this season. Fair lah. Because he's not spent any money. He's not like... He's got lah,
0: Wilson fair. and Fraser. He's got Wilson and Fraser. He's, he's two favourites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the, yeah, well. <laughs> the boys are back. The boys are back. But it's weird. Because, because the alternative to um, Eddie Howe was uh, Unai Emery. And the weird thing about ah, that is yeah, they're so yeah. different. There's such different managers. Completely different. Yeah. So I yeah, can't. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't really know what the the strategy was, or if there even is a strategy. Uh, but yeah, it is. It is weird. It's almost they saw like, oh, who can we get? Who is appointable? They went for Emri, Everyone knows that. Couldn't get him, and then they're like, ah, f-
2: yeah, okay, fine. Let's let's get Eddie Howe, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson anyone, and Fraser, any, he might get someone. anyone but anyone but Steve Bruce. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyone but Steve Bruce. Okay, guys, so I think that wraps up the first segment of the show where we just want to talk about the managers. Very, very interesting stuff. And yeah, I'm just looking at, looking forward to seeing these teams play with these new styles of, you know, football. And yeah, see you in our next segment. All right, guys, um, in our review segment, the first team that um, we want to review is Crystal Palace. You know, surprising what they've done so far. And uh, we're going to look at Crystal Palace against City, where they beat City 2-0. And then we're also going to see the last game, where they beat Wolves 2-0. So Crystal Palace right now, after 11 matches, they're sitting in 10th. Uh, they've got 3 wins, uh, 6 draws, 2 losses. Initially had a slow start, you know, but slowly they're gaining momentum. And then next thing you know, they're 2 points of 6th pot. And I really have to raise my hands here, guys. I, I really thought that Viera was going to... You know, screw it up, lah. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't expect yeah. him to do
2: Same. the I think job. a lot that he's of people done. did. A lot of people Same. did to be fair.
1: Yeah, like especially Raul, you we were talking about this earlier, but it's not the fact that he's played some easy fixtures and that's how you know Crystal Palace is staying in 10th. He's played some tough fixtures, correct?
0: Yeah, I think I think that, that's why it's not only one thing. So like I'm I remember beginning of the season, I was like, I have Crystal Palace and Saints as like outside favourites to be relegated. So that looks uh. very wrong. Um <laughs> but it's not it's not that yeah like you said it's not that they're you know sort of getting lucky and they picked up a few lucky results it's been consistent performances even in the losses they've played well yeah uh, you know there's a very clear sort of approach to every sort of game uh even though you know he's made consistent changes to the starting 11 he's been very front foot he's been very you know uh aggressive fluid attacking play which is so foreign to what we normally associate with Crystal Palace and Roy Hodgson, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah um, yes, yes. And then tend to compound that, so obviously you've got really good play and things. The results and the good play have come against arguably probably best 10 teams in the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've played, they've played, they've gone to Anfield, they've played Chelsea, they've played City, uh, arguably yeah. the three hardest teams already. And they still and they got send, three points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they've got three <laughs> points against City. Right? I mean, in the losses against uh, Chelsea and Liverpool, the Chelsea game, I actually think they played pretty well, but obviously, Chelsea are a good team. They found a way. Same thing with Liverpool, honestly. You know, watching the game, to begin with, there were a few hairy moments for Liverpool. Even at 1 0, Odson Edward, I remember, should have. Probably converted a yeah. chance. Palace had chances, mm. yeah, and, and these are all good signs, you know. When the performances are good and the results are good, and you got these young, hungry players, I think that's all positive stuff. So, like you said, you have to give it up to Vieira and the strategy that yeah. they've sort of looked at at the beginning of the season. Yeah.
2: yeah, and something interesting that you touched on as well is like he's not just building like a strong first eleven, right? I think some a lot of small teams do that where they just rely on small. A group of players to just bring them through, but he's actually yeah. like I know using a team, I know a the team rest that of the plays squad. exactly like that. <laughs> 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 Same 11, 38 games, small <laughs> team as well. Huh? <laughs> like so, yeah. people like Schlab, uh, Olise, the the new guy, as well. Like even Benteke, who's had good recent run of form, they play him even though Edouard had a good start to the season. So they've been able to rotate these players, and he's really building a strong overall squad. Yeah, person. I mean
1: like like you pointed out earlier, Soral, he switches his XI, you know, every game. And um he's a very reactionary coach, I would say. He each game he takes it one at a time and sees what the opposition's strengths are and tries to nullify it. And going back to your point, Kaiser, where he has such a big squad, he really understands the strengths and weaknesses of each and every player and properly utilizes yeah. them for each individual game, you know, and I think that's that's something really, like, worth pointing out. Like, so let's just touch on the game yep. itself. Yep. Like, against City, you know, you could see what their game plan was. They were so organised and uh, they were they, they sat back, but they also uh, were on the high press as well. You yeah. know, and they were so, so defensively solid that they started, you know, frustrating City and City just, you know, kept throwing away chances. And every opportunity that they pressed them, you know, they really made it count. And that's what led to the first goal, under six minutes. You know, they pressed uh, Laporte, essentially, to, into making a mistake. And then Gallagher put Zaha through. And, you know, they were one nil up in six minutes. Mm. And um, the, the thing was, after they went one nil up, they didn't sort of, you know, sit back. What they did was, they went on, you know, Vieira brought in another attacking player. Like, if you see the difference against... So, they're learning each game, they're learning. So, against Brighton and Arsenal, when they were in the lead, they sat deep to invite pressure. And in both games, they conceded last minute. So, for him to, you know, say, okay, fine, look, this game, we're not going to do that against City. We're going to try and, you know, get that second goal and then shut shop. You know, and Mm. he he essentially brought in, uh, he brought on uh, a 19-year-old wonder kid, I would say, Michael Mm. Olise. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, in fact, Michael This was after
2: the red card,
1: right? Yeah, after the
2: red card. Yeah,
0: I think, yeah, he came on in the second half. Red card was in the first half.
1: Yeah. So, Michael Olise, he has the highest number of goal contributions coming off the bench in the whole league. Uh, he has one goal and two assists, and he's the one who set up Gallagher for the second goal. If it wasn't for him, that I don't think that second goal would have happened because he's the one who brought the ball all the way. You know. Yeah. And <clears throat> even Zaha on Olise uh, when they interviewed him, Zaha was like he's technically ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, then I was like, yeah. wow, what's so great about this guy? Then I went and watch uh, some YouTube highlights. <laughs> Killer good Skills and
0: highlights twenty twenty one. Skills and highlights. <laughs> yeah.
1: <he's, laughs> HD HD is good. HD. And the thing is, he can pass very well as well. For a nineteen-year-old, yeah, he's passing his passing is next yeah. level. Very, very nice. He's a good, he's a good passing foot. And I think uh, yeah,
0: even uh, the w- sorry. But but no, I was gonna say I think we obviously hundred percent complimentary for Vieira, but coming mm. back to taking the job, he he, I think that that was quite almost a free pass. You know, he came in, he had what similar to. Burnley that we're going to talk about later. He released what ten senior players They were all out of contract. yeah. We were
1: making fun of it, remember? In yeah. The of season? yeah, oh, they're not <laughs> going to have first
0: team players. Yeah. <laughs> and he's many. You know whether it's I don't know. I don't know. I have to admit I don't know what the structure of recruitment is at Crystal Palace, but whoever has done the recruitment there has done so well. You know, replacing the senior squad of players, yet you know in midfield in defence they still have some old boys there that they've managed to keep a good mix of things, and that's that's reaping the rewards now. So, like you said, in the City performance as well, yeah, the young players were really good. But players like James McCarthy 34 years old, 35 years old in midfield, he had Joel a really Ward good Joel Ward also. Joel Ward. bro. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. having a
2: really good season, eh, Joel yeah. Ward. Joel Ward, yeah. Vincent, I think Vincent Te-
0: Goita Gu- is a good keeper as well. Yeah. He's
2: he he, a good he keeper as
1: well. So. so, it's so clear the way they play. You know, they have a game plan and they really execute it properly. It just goes to show how well coached that team is. Yeah. And against Wolves, it was different, you know, because... Wolves, they can now go on the front foot, try to dominate the game, try to dominate possession. And that's what they did. You know, they won. They had majority of the possession and they won the game 2-0. No doubt the first half was still nil-nil. But then, um, 15 goals uh, this season that Crystal Palace have scored, out of which 13 have come in the second half. So it just goes to show that the first half, they try to sort of weather the storm and then second half, they try to go... Oh, figure, teams, figure teams out. Yeah, are. figure teams out. So, like, even in the post-match, uh, Vieira was like, um, this is what he said. He's like, in the first half, teams are well-organized and they make it really difficult. So, you don't get times where, you know, you, you can't create chances because the opposition are playing better or, mm. you know, or whether they don't move the ball quick enough. But so, when yeah. we can't score, it's important to keep your shape, your organization, your discipline... And yeah that's exactly what they did against Wolves. In the yeah. second half, uh you could see I guess s- Wolves were a bit tired and they were you know allowing Palace to create chances. And um yeah and and, and they essentially won the game. So and highlight just one player i want to highlight and I have highlighted him uh, in this spot as well before Conor Gallagher. Yeah. Conor Gallagher is the main man for yeah. Crystal Palace. I would say yeah, he's a what machine. A yeah, feels he's so like good, get I love a, watching him.
2: He might get a, he feels like he might get a big move. If he continues his formula. Well, oh he's at he Chelsea, he's at Chelsea already. So. Chelsea. Yeah. Was, so is he on loan? He he's on loan. Yeah, so yeah. that's the problem. I think they are okay, pretty okay, okay.
0: is it's quite painful, I think, for Crystal Palace fans because you watch him putting in these great performances, but you also know uh, like the better the better he plays, go the back. less likely we yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, like relax a bit, lah <laughs> la, <not>, don't go. <laughs> but he um Connor Gallagher for me is the equivalent of uh who was it for you, Kaiser? The wolves uh, winger Trinkau. Trinkau, oh, yeah. <laughs> Call my No. Trinko. Yeah, I fucking love watching you really? play, dude. How Kaisa was like, yeah, winking over Trinkau. Right, <laughs> this is decision making.
2: Look at him bro. now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, this
1: guy, I mean, his stats speak for itself. So like, He has the second... hes a, Okay, he's an attacking midfielder, but he has the second highest tackles in the Crystal Palace team.
2: Yeah.
0: And
1: the he's way. the highest for key passes in that team as well. So he's like an all-rounder, like, bro. He's a, he's a machine. That's what he is. Yeah. And,
2: and yeah, this is without... Crystal Palace. I mean, the poster boy last uh, end of last season, especially was Eze. Eze, mm-hmm. I mean, they exactly. they adored him, especially how he played under Horson's side, which is boring as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine how he played. <laughs> like Eze this brought side, so right? much excitement. Yeah. yeah, wondering where he'll fit. I mean, he'll fit in somewhere, I'm sure, but it'll be interesting yeah. to see when he comes back. Yeah, so he's gonna have a headache, right, Vieira,
0: just... uh, fitting all these guys in.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I've doing done well this so far.
1: too many times where I sort of try to wrap it up, and then Rahul just talks over me. <laughs> <laughs> have too much to say. <laughs> Two two weeks you know yeah, I don't university. know if it's my yeah, timing or.
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's been too long, guys. Okay, can we can
1: we move on now? So <laughs> the next three. But you fi- haven't mentioned the oh next three fixtures. <laughs> the next three fixtures for oh, okay. for uh Crystal Palace are Burnley, Villa, and then they play Leeds before playing Man United. I think these oh, are all games. winnable fixtures. I would say except maybe the Villa one. I want to see how Stephen Gerrard you know sets up Villa. Oh, so Gerrard Vieira. Yeah, is VR, interesting. But all these four, I think, with the way they're playing, Crystal Palace, they're sort of getting momentum now. I think they can go on and win on these games. So the next two teams that we want to talk about is Chelsea and Burnley. So Chelsea now top of the table, but surprisingly drew the last game after what? How many? How many? Oh games my are god! In
2: I mean, they won or seven games. Uh, and this one, they should have easily uh, won again. Uh they dominated 25 shots. I think they had to Burnley's like five. I think that's the most this season. I'm not sure about Chelsea or uh the league, but yeah, they dominated the whole game. Burnley basically had a few minutes of uh was a pressure basically and managed to score during that time. Uh but despite the score line, like uh we like the stats show, they dominated that game and played extremely well. They were so fluid with Harvard's and Hudson O'Doy, I think, got second start. Yeah, Uh, in a row he's been getting involved a lot uh, with Lukaku and Werner out Um, and actually they're playing a lot more fluid I mean Lukaku what we saw at the start of the season like he holds out the ball and brings others into play right Um, but now with the strikers and midfielders that they have who are also dynamic uh, I wonder do they actually play better without Lukaku is this a Spurs playing better without Kane kind of thing even though they're such good finishes,
1: I, I think it's the way they play I would say it's different when Lukaku's there and when Lukaku's not there because yeah. like like you pointed out Kaiser, 25 shots are the highest this season against uh, a team in the league for Chelsea I mean but out of that 25 shots I think Lukaku would have scored at least 2 maybe you know, so I yep. I feel yeah like maybe these are the type of games where you want someone like Lukaku, but then you know that goes back to would they even have created twenty five chances of Lukaku's mm. on the pitch? Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. That's that a, makes
2: sense. Yeah, that's another thing altogether. Yeah, but well, that was one thing that was questionable. I mean, the the finishing. Uh, but Chelsea have done extremely well. I mean, without Lukaku and Werner, uh, Kovacic, Mount, and Kante have missed some of their games as well. And uh, Tuchel has brought in Loftus Cheek, and I mentioned Hudson Adoy mm-hmm. uh, previously. So I think we have to give credit to. Tuchel basically managing to coach them and improving these players. And Barkley, who's come in recently, will be interesting to see uh, how he adapts to Tuchel's system because he's been out for a while. Yeah. Um, and of course, we have to mention Chilwell and James. I mean... They're mad, they ah. They're actually mad, ridiculous. Ah. I mean, they're attacking yeah. threat. I so see good. Chilwell like, in centre-forward yeah, position. Yeah. I mean, the penalty I box is waiting, just waiting to pound. Yeah, he's waiting yeah. to smash it, you know. I mean, the, the positions they're taking up are ridiculous. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think... Ch- well. So, Ch- Chil- Chilwell scored, what, four four in a row. But then... Um, yeah. <laughs> four in a row. And then, obviously, James has been getting a bit of the... The Hi- plaudits around last few. Because right. he, what, he scored three three goals? Was it three goals in he's two games? He's the highest goal scorer. That's <laughs> he's why. He's the highest goal scorer. But the thing is, yeah. I-, I think you're right, Kaiser. In the sense, when you're watching the actual games, right, is Chilwell in the box constantly. I felt yeah, James yeah. is part of the progression play. And he's, you know, you find him advance as the ball advances. But somehow Chilwell mm. will be just there, parked yeah, in, the, <laughs> yeah. in the box. Uh, you know, and the, the thing is, and I think the big contrast that they have compared to, say, Liverpool with the fullbacks this season is both of them are on form and both of them are offering a threat, which is dan- so dangerous. You know, and just to talk yeah. about the point about Lukaku that you're making there, it's a good problem. It's a good problem if they are still coping. Okay, they drew, they dropped points against Burnley, but they put seven past Norwich, you know, <laughs> without Lukaku, without Lukaku, <laughs> without Lukaku. yeah, yeah exactly. So the That's the fact, the, the way if I was Thomas Tuchel, the way I'll be looking at it is, I've got all these options, players who were sort on the periphery, your Buckleys, your Hudson, Adoys, all coming in playing well. This is the type of squad that is ready to face ten games in the next forty game, uh, forty days, you know. Uh, yeah. So they're so well placed. I 100%. wouldn't look at the drop points here as a as a big thing.
2: Definitely not. And Tuchel highlighted that as well. I mean, despite. Uh, the draw he was so happy post match interview because uh, of how well they played and he was like yeah this things, ha- this things happen <laughs> it's fine but I was just so happy with how my players played Like basically just uh, executed his plan to perfection Fair because almost, he said right almost. Almost.
1: that it uh, I mean what he could have what he the three points they got at Brentford You know Sort of was lucky And you know This game they were unlucky So it's sort of Offset And fair Very fair And
2: they've uh, qualified uh, I mean they're basically Almost qualified For the Champions Champions League League As well So Mm -hmm. that helps A lot in the For the league as well
1: So yeah Let's talk about The other uh, Side of the spectrum Burnley I mean that Let's be real They're not the most Informed team in the league (laughs) But But but
2: Unbeaten in the last three Not (laughs) bad Not (laughs) bad Sitting in 18th. <laughs> <laughs> but even that
1: game, right? I mean, they were quite lucky la, to draw. Let's be real.
2: Extremely yeah. lucky. Yeah. Very, very but lucky. Brentford game before that, uh, oh. when everyone thought, yeah, informed Brentford, um, you know, playing well this mm. season. But yeah, they dominated that game. Um, and Daesh came out saying that Yeah, finally Because after every game They're saying like Oh yeah, we dropped points But performances have been good <laughs> <laughs> We don't deserve this So finally he feels that like He's getting his reward um, And he's been with Burnley For nine years Nine already, years. That Already That Brentford game Was anniversary Is he the
1: season, longest so. serving manager In the league right now With the same team Probably I can't think of anyone else He is lah He has
2: to be Must be Yeah, Must it has
1: be. to be him Can you do a Sean Dyche impression? <laughs> Just rub, yeah, rub rub
0: two stones together that'll be your,
2: your Sean <laughs> Nash I love you I can't get I can't oh, get my voice that crazy Honestly
0: I love Sean Nash I think he's one of my favorite yeah. like uh family <laughs> characters
2: They always compare him to the Lego man right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's great man I Definitely. really enjoy Sean Nash uh, but yeah now he's managing uh interesting new player Corne I mean to highlight him because is so different to all of the players mm. they normally get in yeah i mean the last foreign player they bought was before in 2016 <laughs> and he's had uh, corne has four goals in <laughs> his first uh, starts already so i mean the reason for this is that they have new owners right in december 2020 uh yeah. american owners so they said that they want to take more risks in the transfer market so this uh, being one um, and so basically They normally just buy Old yeah, Experienced can you imagine? English it's players It's
1: been 5 years Since they bought a foreign player So they've been really Just buying Veterans In England itself <laughs> la.
2: It's right? like Athletic Bilbao equivalent, It's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. A lot less Yeah and their players Must be getting old right players. I mean Exactly yeah They're the highest Average uh, scored uh, Age in the Premier uh, League So that goes show. Yeah And 10 first team players Contract up next summer So they have to do some refreshing. Was he
1: sure. going to pull a Vieira where he's going to just let everything expire and bring in some youth?
2: Nah. No, <laughs> no, no, chance, no chance. chance. They need a new no manager to, for that to happen.
0: But the thing is, it's been constant decline for Sean Dyche. And that's the worrying thing. And I think that's why they need a refresh. So if I'm not mistaken, either 17, 18 or 18, 19, they actually were in the Europa League. So they definitely finished 7th or 8th yeah. the season season before. yeah. Wow. So we're talking about them here where they just need to avoid relegation and stuff. Yeah, But, but, but they for a team have... that finished 7th or 8th, and I'm pretty sure they finished 10th or 11th two seasons after, you know, something yeah. needs to be refreshed. Like, and I think they've given a lot of faith. I think the owners of Burnley have good relationship with him. But he needs to be looking at different things. And I think Corney is the first part of that, like, you know, where he's like... Oh fine like I got to sign someone who's not british you know but something <laughs> needs, someone needs, something needs to be done that's for sure yeah but their their next three fixtures
1: are uh, crystal palace at home be interesting uh, spurs at home as well and wolves away so let's 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 see how shondice does for the next three fixtures and uh yeah moving on to our third fixture that we're going to discuss in the review section is West Ham at home to Liverpool. I would say West Ham right now are a team that's flying. Uh, For me, they're the most informed team in the league. I mean, if you look at the last four games, I would say they've won four on a bounce. But overall, they've been playing some really good football. And uh, Rahul, as a Liverpool fan, I think you want to take this?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think we not even to take away anything from West Ham let's not even talk about Liverpool but they've been so mm-hmm. good this whole season and that I think yeah. you definitely have to credit David Moyes for you know for what he's put together
2: football uh, genius
0: yeah and I think it's always you know football teams and managers normally have it's quite common to see one season sort of good performances we've literally just been talking about Sean Dice, who finished seventh you know these things happen <laughs> right things fall into place but to carry this sort of form on, into another season, into a second season, into a third season, that's the real show of something where good planning, uh, you know, very good leadership all the way from the top shows. And these are the, you know, the fruits that it bears. So we talk about West Ham, like you said, second in the form table, the third in the league, four wins in a row, and that's just the league. Wrapped up the Europa League spots and also uh, beat City in the Carabao Cup. They, they, you know, they're flying. As a West Ham fan, I think this is pretty much as good as it gets. I can't imagine it, you know, getting yes. a bit better. <laughs> so I think definitely now, cup run in both the Europa League and the Carabao Cup should be should be a priority, um, for a piece of silverware. Let's not be funny. I don't think they're going to win the league, um, but in terms of, <laughs> of the game, in terms of the game against Liverpool, I think we can use it as an example to see what West Ham are good at. They were good at set pieces from last season. Highest amount of goals scored from set pieces. We know that. They've carried it on into this season again. You know, David Moyes is a very reactionary manager, as you said uh, earlier, this. in the sense that he looks at opposition. He tailor-makes the strategy mm. and the tactics. And I think that's always been his sort of uh, style of management. And probably that's why it never worked out at Man mm. United, right? Uh, when you're at a bigger yeah. team, I don't think that's something where you need, you need to have a good plan A. And tailor to that fact, but for a team like West Ham, yeah, yeah. who've got good players, but obviously come up against harder opposition, this is exactly what you need. He looked at it; he saw Liverpool have been exploited on the right side, not the best in set yeah. pieces this season, and and you know and and yeah. that's what they did. You add this to the fact where they've got players in form throughout the squad, and and that's why they yeah. find themselves third in the in the league table. You know, yeah, more than anything, right? That
1: game. Um, more than okay, fine. Yeah, they 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 won that game fair and square through set pieces or whatever. But I think the biggest thing was they were able to stop Liverpool's overload on the right hand side. With uh, you know, Liverpool always do that handle, Trent, and Salah—that three of them combo where they overload too much on the right and sort of attack from there. Moyes did an yep. amazing job stopping that from happening, and yep. the players who were involved for you know Fornells, I think Fornells had an amazing game. You know, he was involved. He was on Hendo. Uh, ben Rama was there to cut the passing lanes for Trent. So Trent also was struggling a bit. And then it was Cresswell and Salah. So the 3v3 three three worked really well and yep. sort of frustrated Liverpool to a certain extent. And yeah, they so what they did was they stopped Liverpool from scoring and then
0: they went and scored some set-piece goals, you know. <laughs> so that's it worked yeah. out in the end. And, and they tried, and, and and they yeah, tried um, that overload on their right side. So whenever they had the ball... Uh, they had an extra man in four nuns on their right side, and they did to Liverpool what Liverpool have been doing to other pl- other teams, you know. Uh, and obviously, yeah, that's where the, yeah, yeah, and that's where mm. all the set pieces, that's where all the balls in came, is from West Ham's right wing and Liverpool's left side. Uh, the other thing which I've sort of realized m- more because he sat in my fantasy team is that West Ham have been doing well; they've been scoring goals, but they haven't been relying on Antonio but as they have in the first Antonio. few games. First five yeah. games of the season, he's got 11 goals. He's involved in eight of them. You look at the past five games, the more recent five games, he's only been involved in one. And that's goals and assists. You know, and these are all positive things. It's that's so positive. weird, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but it's also a yeah. good thing. It's a good thing. Because...
1: This was a point that I brought up earlier when we covered West Ham about how there was an over-reliance on Antonio and how that was going to be a problem because they didn't sign another striker. Yeah. But it yeah. looks like everything's going fine only. so And Bowen, <laughs> Bowen a good plays thing.
2: up front for them sometimes right? yeah. When, when, yeah. Uh, Antonio's missing. I feel like Bowen's having a Harvey Barnes potentially season last mm. year where he's been under the radar slightly, not delivering the numbers. But I think this season he's really coming into form.
0: Yeah, the yeah. whole team is contributing, like you said, Ro. That's what, I mean, the two big questions we had on the pre-season pod, I remember, was do they have the squad to compete in the league and the Europa League? Ah, yes, yes You I know, and you this. just said he's making very good use of the squad. Everyone is contributing. Yeah. So these are all positive things. Again, like I said, the acid test for most teams in the Premier League comes in the Christmas period, when you have mm. 10 games, 40 days. You know, it's ridiculous. So th- this is when I think we'll see... How well this squad will you know, hold up. I'm sure they won't maintain third spot for the rest of the season. <sighs> uh, and they
2: lost Ogborna, right? Um, to an ACL injury, so that's a massive blow.
1: Even if they finish top six again, with the teams that are in the league and the managers that are in this league, I think that's a great achievement, lah, of I would course. say. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's mad. Because them I finishing top six last season when they probably had means
0: one of Arsenal's Spurs. Don't make top six, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. So that's yeah, Yeah. that's pretty. Or
1: Leicester, then you have United. There's so many. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that that pretty much um, ends our our review segment. So we'll catch you in the next segment with Liverpool versus Arsenal in the preview segment. So we're back with the preview segment, and uh, the first fixture that we want to preview is. Liverpool versus Arsenal. Uh, I think this is a very very interesting game considering the fact that Arsenal are finally, you know, gaining momentum and they're looking like a proper team. You know, I remember covering Arsenal a uh, few pods ago and how, you know, I was I was optimistic for them but you know the results, the the football was so crap and they've really turned it around and playing yeah. some amazing football. So yeah, Rahul, uh, you take over this fixture. What do you think? How do you think this going to work out?
0: The thi- yeah, that's the thing. I was thinking about this when I was uh, putting stuff together with the pod, right? All the doom and gloom mm-hmm. when they had lost uh, the first few games and they're only yeah. six points from top Those spot. Three games, yeah. You know, they're, they're literally man, only man. six. That's, that's crazy. Uh, and also on top of that, they beat Liverpool this game. They go above Liverpool, which everyone has been complimenting wow. Liverpool, saying they're league challenges and all these type of things. But literally, Arsenal win this game and they go above Liverpool, right? Which again, obviously, is a is a big is a tough ask. But nine points from Watford, Leicester, and Villa—they've been unbeaten in eight games. It's all positive. I don't think there's anything Arsenal fans would be upset about over the last, re- you know, over the recent form. Um, in terms of defensive solidity, I think they've been quite unlucky in the goals they've conceded over the last few games. Uh, and finally, the clean sheets have been coming big part to that I think is owed to Ramsdale again another thing I have to say I I didn't see the sense in the signing when it was made but he has yeah, been yeah not only fantastic. you bro me as well 30 yeah. million
1: for someone like Ramsdale but I wow signing, right? yeah, yeah, what a 100%.
0: signing yeah 100% like you look was it the save against <laughs> Leicester where he tips it off the post like that's the kind yeah, of Medicine's stuff he, <laughs> Matt, yeah it's It's so good and it's not just that it's not just that the rest of the back four I think Ben White has found his feet slightly again him and Gabriel have been looking very good uh Tierney is a good player unfortunately yeah. he obviously picks up niggles here and there but a big positive is that Nuno Tavares which they signed as a backup possibly I don't know if the thinking yeah. behind uh, the signing was that oh Tierney is probably going to miss a few games he's deputized very well In uh difficult. Tommy Yasuo we spoke about on the pod has been okay. great yeah, as it's well cool. and then is the guys that we yeah you know have been talking about throughout the season throughout the Euro Saka and Smith-Rowe they're just good players. You know, they're, they're young, so they'll be inconsistent, but they're fantastic. They've been contributing well. Smithro have been chipping on with the goals and helping my fantasy team, which is always welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But the only thing is, they've been playing <laughs> yes, quite uh, a,
1: Like I said, the been... best 5.5 in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, But the thing is, is um, Oba and Laka, obviously, they've been playing pretty well. And I think that's pivotal to how the performances have been. Whether they can carry this on over the rest of the season... And I think they play Liverpool at a good time in the sense that Liverpool are coming back from an international break, picking up even more injuries. Uh, Robertson is a hamstring problem. Roberto Firmino is out until the middle of December. Uh, they've got three starting senior midfield players, but the rest of the squad looks pretty barren. So I think if there was the time to go to Anfield, if there was a time to you know find a bit of form and have a goal, this is definitely it. Um... So I think it will be, uh, you know, I think it will be a close game. I think it'll be a good game of football.
1: Yeah, but it's still a tough ask to go away to Anfield and try to get something there. I think even a draw for Arsenal would be a good result. I would say. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, for I, sure. I
2: I don't know. I can. You think yeah, Arsenal draw, can go on and win? A uh? draw, a be be good result for sure. Especially they got nine points, like Rahul said, from yeah. West Ham, Leicester, Villa. Actually, beaten yeah, in never eight. Know. I mean, definitely they can afford to draw this one. I mean, it's one of the toughest fixtures of in the season. yeah of
0: the season for sure. So I think when you look on the other side of the fixture, um, obviously the West Ham result is pretty disappointing. And it comes off another disappointing result where they were 2-0 up against Brighton and they still don't take three points. And I think we're coming to see why, you know, some Liverpool fans have been sort of hesitant and sort of uh, pessimistic about the results so far, including myself. I've, I've been saying since the beginning of the season, yeah, the results have been coming, but... The performances aren't quite there. There's something wrong structurally. And if you look at the West Ham game, when individual brilliance hasn't been there. Especially at the back. Exactly. And, you know, Alisson not having a 10 out of 10. Salah not having a 10 out of 10. And that's the result you get. Um, so, there are definitely issues that Yeah, I
1: remember, Raul, you were banking on this for the longest time. Even when you beat United 5-0, you you're like, ah, there's still something wrong with the defence, you know. You said, you know, it sounds stupid, we won 5-0, but there's still something wrong. And yeah, you really saw this coming, man, definitely.
0: Exactly, and then you compounded with more injuries and things. I think it's a very difficult period coming up for Liverpool. I think the only saving grace is they've... Uh, won the Champions League group, so they don't have to concentrate there. But despite that, the the squad is thin. The midfield is way for thin. Um, so I think it's definitely a good time to come to Anfield. And with the busy sort of schedule coming up, it's uh, I, I'd be surprised if Liverpool are still in the title race come January.
2: Yeah, I think there's still time to turn it around, especially, I mean, yeah, we can be really light in midfield if we lose another leg. But well, even like you said, the current um, crop of midfielders, they're relatively injury-prone. Um... But I have faith. I think that the defense and at the back, things can be turned around. But yeah, the definitely the fixtures uh, pile up does not help.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I mean that that wraps up pretty much uh, for that fixture. Uh, let's talk about another fixture that's not going to be played this weekend, but the following weekend, United at home to Chelsea, and uh, yeah, Kaiser, uh, you want to take this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, two contrasting uh, teams right now. Chelsea top and in great form, as we discussed earlier. Tuchel's really got a team uh, in great shape. While United are six, uh, doesn't sound so bad, but they're in terrible form. I mean, they lost three of the last four Premier League games. And the game that Oscar won... Um, Arguably kept him his job and also made sure Conte didn't come to United.
1: <laughs> why, why get in Conte when I can become Conte? It's <laughs> exactly. the memes. <laughs> play five, play so, five
2: at the back. Yeah, <laughs> oh, is that
0: why? Because he played five at the back?
1: <laughs> yeah. He played five at the back. Then the pictures that were circling around was <laughs> Ole with uh, Conte's hair and the uh,
2: Italian flag uh, behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but yeah, last two... Uh, meetings between these sides have been nil-nil actually. So uh, boring,
1: bro. Boring games. I yeah, remember, usually
2: yeah. boring games. Um, but I wonder now if, uh, yeah, Tuchel's uh, Lukaku-less team how it looked like because Lukaku and are still doubts for this game. Uh, I think Varane, which is a big miss for United, uh, Shaw and Cavani are also doubts for this game. Uh, but one thing to note as well, I mean Chelsea have almost won their Champions League. Um, Has almost qualified basically for yeah. the a group so um they can probably take their foot off the pedal there but uh united definitely have to get a result uh, against Villarreal. yeah have to unless ronaldo's just gonna score last minute winners uh, <laughs> 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 every this, game this, now, but think, still um, that still will he takes go out with, a off
0: a them. with a back three again will he continue uh, to do I that on-
2: not, not without Varane. Right?
1: i honestly don't know i really don't know what to say because he did and it
0: well. Well, Varane washed. didn't <laughs> play the city game, and he went for a three. And the the only reason I bring that yeah, up is Cancelo, yeah, yeah. Cancelo yeah, caused yeah, yeah. havoc against Wan Bissaka. Like I mean, you, 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 he just doesn't know how to set up a back three. And in the same yeah. sense, Chelsea obviously the wing backs we've been talking about how strong they are. I think that might be an issue if he decides to go with a front three, a back three again. Yeah. You know,
1: it's not it's not that he doesn't know how to set up a back three. You know, Rahul. He just doesn't know how to set up. End of yeah he's yeah, lost it yeah. he's actually lost it i, I don't want to go down that path because last season <laughs> for majority of the season we did play with the back five the big games are we played with the back five we used okay. to keep clean sheets remember okay, we never okay, scored yeah. but we sort of you know grinded out that zero zeros that nil nils yeah and uh i don't know going into this game i really don't know how he's going to play we'll have to see how he play again how he plays against Watford and then from there we can sort of see what Probably, but yeah, I probably think they're gonna play a back five. I don't see it any other way. Like you mentioned, especially with Chilwell and James bombing down. Uh, I don't. Mm, uh, sorry, yeah, bombing up. Yeah, be- yeah. Be- because y- have that well.
0: Cancelo constantly was just getting in behind Juan Bisaka. like him and uh, Did they play? They played Foden on the left, right? No, they played Foden on the right. Who was on the left? I can't remember. It's uh, either Foden silver, or, not or... Grealish? Silver. Oh,
2: no. No, oh, no. Grealish. No, no. Grealish Grealish in play. no, no I think, it, I think silver, it was, it was Foden. Foden. It was
0: Foden on the left and it was yeah. Jesus on the right. So, constantly, yeah. those two were just getting in behind and running yeah. across the byline straight away. Cancelo got two assists because he was in acres of
2: space and able space, to pick out balls just, for fun. Yeah.
0: So that's why fun. I think Nobody stopped could...
1: the cross Nothing Yeah. Like that yeah. Who
2: knew adding an extra defender Doesn't improve your defence <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's
1: the thing right Oh we're leaking goals Let's just throw one more defender in there And then see what happens You know like
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah United have Chelsea Arsenal and Palace So three teams in form uh, In the next three games So Yeah I mean that's very interesting I mean if he does win Tough the run. next three, I mean, you're pretty confident he won't get sacked with like indefinitely. He won't he won't <laughs> get sacked.
1: You see, cause the next game is Watford. So... He'll beat Watford. Okay.
2: And then suddenly everybody's always
1: at the wheel again. And then let's see. Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace. I think we'll lose against Chelsea. We'll draw Arsenal. We'll draw Palace. You know, that's that's how I see it going. I mean, there've been no developments, you know, ever since that that lost the city and it's quite evident that so sha is going to be here for the long term. And uh, yeah, there are no new rumours, nothing of that sort. So yeah, he's he's in it for the long run. So yeah, let's move on to our next fixture, uh, City versus West Ham. Even this is another interesting game where I can see it go either way. And uh, yeah, Rahul, why don't you cover this since you spoke about West Ham earlier as well?
0: Yeah, of course. So I think is we can talk about the other side of the fixture, right? So City, I don't think there's too much to say about their win so far. Uh, comments like Pep saying he wants right footers playing on the right, left footers playing on the left. Uh, so we've seen Foden play on the left, Jesus play on the right. And that's largely been pretty successful for them. Uh, only thing to take note was KDB is still not found form. Uh, you know, he's been struggling with the injuries from the Euros, come back, been in and out of the side. He's someone lacking, but still they managed to produce quite a few results. The things that probably take so far from the season is where they've dropped points, and that's that was again Southampton and more recently, obviously the loss to Crystal Palace. Uh, looking at the things where you know both the teams did pretty well is I think they found that you know if you press City one for one, you're gonna struggle because they've just got good players. Good players will keep the ball like how Liverpool, even Liverpool found when they played City, Bernardo Silva. Just ran riot. If you press him one to one, he will spin you. He will do something clever. Yeah. So what I think they did pretty well is like they let the centre backs and Edison have the ball. They were fine with that, but they cut off the passing lanes mostly to Rodri or whoever is playing that base of the midfield, and that I wouldn't say you know nullified City completely. I think City was still pretty unlucky, uh, not to pick up points. I can't remember. I think yeah, I think it was against Palace when Jesus scored, and it was disallowed. That was so tight. You know, and if that gone in, I'm sure Ro- they would have gone yeah. on to, to win again. Yeah, the game.
2: no, because Rodri is not like a Jorginho, right? Where he can actually find passes as well as Jorginho. But I guess they just go through Rodri a lot, even though like it goes through Rodri and then goes to the sides like Cancelo and stuff. Right?
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he, I, like mean I think he's improved. I think when he first came to England, his on the ball play wasn't great. He always used to be caught out, but he definitely has improved. Mm. Um, but he's definitely, I mean, yeah, he, he's yeah. he, he's pivotal. He's pivotal to the way they progress play Um, because they don't really play that long ball they don't have what Liverpool have in the centre-back straight to the attackers and Mm. I think if you try to cut that off you get some degree of success but again they were unlucky you know Crystal Palace and Southampton did have a bit of luck a bit of individual brilliance to get these results Mm. and I think that's what you're going to need if you were to get anything over City they're a brilliant team I still think they're favourites for the league Um, but if West Ham Mm. and David Moyes can approach the game as they've been approaching this season uh you know, in a focused, sort of directed, individual game strategy, like they did against Liverpool, using yeah. Crystal Palace and Southampton as the uh, what's the word I'm looking the for? Blueprints here. as the blueprints, exactly. <laughs> so ba- I don't see oh, why yes, they can't
2: so, you know take some points off them. So basically, Antonio standing on Edison. <laughs> no, but that's, no, but that's, is, is, is the op- is
0: the opposite? They let Edison and the centre backs have the ball. They're not bothered. You know, that's what, well, Crystal Palace and Southampton weren't bothered. Oh, on corners lah, like, I mean. Oh, on yeah. corners, yeah. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> um, Yeah, so I think definitely is a chance, but City are a brilliant team. City, are brilliant team. If they're, if they're purring, if they get that first goal, then I think West then, Ham yeah, are, you know. It's a different
1: yeah. story. Yeah. Yep, yep,
0: yep. And
1: after that, after that West Ham game, I think they have a very nice run of fixtures until the end, until the start of next year, actually, right, yeah. bro? Yep, for sure. Yeah, and they've so got the squad to
0: sort of... Ret- yeah know. bro
1: if there's any team that i know who can win 23 20 games in a row it's yeah. either
0: liverpool or city man so yeah so yeah i won't be surprised i won't be surprised at the end of this run if they're you know there with 17 oh, played yeah. 17 wins you know all
1: right now that we've done with the fixtures we've done the review we've done the preview so let's finish up this podcast with our score predictor so, um, let's go with you first, Kaiser. So, the first game, um, Liverpool versus Arsenal. So, how do you see that one going?
2: Yeah, I think just because it's at home, even though we're not in the best of form. Uh, but yeah, Arsenal's unbeaten run has to end somewhere. So, I'll go with a 2-1. 2-1, Liverpool. What about you, Raul? 2-0, uh,
0: Liverpool. 2-0, Liverpool.
1: Um, I think it's going to be a 2-1. Liverpool That's what I see it Going anyway And um, Yeah the next Oh the next fixture United versus Chelsea (laughs) Uh, Raoul, you want to go first?
0: Yeah I think Yeah I think Chelsea will uh, I I had a feeling Possibly City uh, United might have done Something against City But after that performance I don't have Any faith Faith at all right? Yeah (laughs) Oh my god that game So I think uh, I think a 2-0 I think a a conservative 2-0 since Chelsea are having problems scoring,
2: uh, scoring goals.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, I shall I go first, Kaiser.
2: If you want to, are you optimistic?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go for optimistic. One nil to Chelsea. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> hey bro, bro. After after what went down with Liverpool, one nil is actually a good result. So let's just. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I think one nil.
2: What happened against Liverpool again? Can you refresh your mind? Okay, me?
1: Kaiser, your scoreline? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think it'll be quite like chasing shadows like they did against Man City, my God. That was just a terrible game. Yeah, I think game it'll be a watch. very
1: cagey uh, game, but Chelsea will still win it, you know? Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. I will
2: go for 1 0. I'll
1: take it for 1 0, Chelsea. 1 0, Chelsea as well, Chelsea as well huh? interesting yeah. stuff. So the last fixture City, West Ham. Oh, this is so tough. Um, okay, let me go first because I haven't gone first. Oh, I don't... I would say 2-1 to City. Uh, Rahu, what about you, bro?
0: 1-0. I'll go for a draw here. Let's see. Let's see if Devi Moish can pull out two two results out of the back.
1: Kaida?
2: I'll go 3-1 City, actually. 3-1. So,
1: you're yeah. all banking for West Ham score one. Hopefully, it's Antonio La.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <That's a laughs>
1: so comment. that wraps up the score predictor and wraps up the whole podcast uh, I think today's podcast was rather a long one uh, I think the longest we've done so if you're listening until now thank you very much and we'll catch you on the next episode take care bye
0: Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Oli and I think you, 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 you are an ostrich.
1: Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day, is the biggest fool in Manchester. And that is you, David my
0: Football heritage.
1: No <laughs> one wants to be a fullback as a kid, no one wants to grow up and be a Gary
2: Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love it.